Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, we have Stacia Weishar. She has launched several technology startup companies. She is also in the 1% of loan originators in the United States. So what we go through today, and I think you're gonna find so helpful, is we talk a lot about how to save time and really run a successfully remote business. She goes through the questions that she asks, the process that she goes through to even determine what that looks like, the different processes that she puts in place to run a remote business. She also goes through the apps and the technology that she herself uses within her own team. And most importantly, how to get time back and what does that look like for you? Because you can't do it all at once and she actually shares a strategy that she uses to really focus on what you need to focus on to save time and then also to look to the future. You're going to get a lot from today's episode. Before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, everyone. This is Liz with the Real Estate Investor Show, where our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. I'm so excited to be joined here by Stacia um, Weishauer. And I'm so excited about jumping into how do you streamline your business? How do you bring more hours back to your life, which so many women and men that are investing want and you know yearn for? So I'm just so excited about getting into how do we bring more hours back to our lives so we can live financially free and balanced lives, right? So thank you for being here. Thank you for spending time with us and our community. It's such a pleasure, Liz. I'm so excited. And yeah, let's let's get time back. Time is one of those valuable moments and things we just can't put a price on, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm excited about being here, but I'm certainly missing my co-host, my partner in crime, Andressa. But she will be back for all those listening. And if you are listening for the first time, welcome to our show. We're going to jump in. We go deep and we're going to go brief, but we're here to serve you and living the life you want on your own terms. And for those who've been with us for five years, because we've been podcasting for five years, over 350 episodes, thank you. We don't take that lightly. And we know time is of such value as what we're going to be talking about today. So thank you for being on this journey. So Stacia, let's jump in here. What lesson has taken you the longest to learn on your journey? Oh my gosh. Well, my biggest, like longest journey lesson is really about my why. Mm. You know, why I do what I do as a human as a mother, 
as a wife, as a mortgage professional, as a coach in this industry. It's all about why. And, you know, I think that many people try to define their why. You know, it's like, I want more money or I want this or I need this. And there is a moment or for me anyways, in my journey in my life where the definitiveness of my why, why I do what I do, who I am, gave me this like, ultimate clarity and really became a filter for what I allow into my life, what I focus on, the time, energy, and effort that I spend in certain things, why I react a certain way to my children, to my husband, to those I love, to my family, to my relationships. So um, that was probably the biggest journey. Um, I wish I would have figured it out in my 20s because it would have probably been a little bit different. Um, but I did. I figured it out in my mid-30s and it, it really changed the trajectory of my life and my career and um, what I do. I love that. Just let's stay there for a moment too around the why. What questions specifically did you ask? Oh gosh. You know, I my background's in software, Liz. And so I fell into this business just completely by accident. I I bought a bad house, my first home. I worked all through college to purchase my first house, save money. My family's background is in residential commercial property management. So I understand the value of real estate as a vehicle to diversify investment strategies, right? Just like a retirement account or anything else. I, you know, trusted my realtor who didn't care. I bought this bad house. I had micro microbial growth and decommissioned oil paint. My driveway caved in. <laughs> I had two pennies to rub together at the end, but more financially impactfully, I got a really bad mortgage. And I was incensed by the whole experience. So I was like, who, how could nobody around me explain this mortgage stuff to me? Like, this is ridiculous. My dad is incredibly intelligent, self-made in property management. I don't get it. So I quit my job at Microsoft and I went in this space to educate myself. And it became, you know, I was, it, it just was this journey that I went through by accident, stayed in it for six years. I worked for a builder, joint venture, ran a builder JV for like six years, pre-recession. And then I was being recruited back into software, which is what my background was in. And I was like, I have to go back and do the software thing because that's what I, that's what I'm doing. I don't have in the last six years of my life. What's happened? Uh, and I went on this journey back into software and ran startups and, raised venture capital money and did a lot of things. The last startup I was at, I had helped raise a seed round of funding. I had my first child. They have two boys, uh, 10 and 8. They're amazing. <laughs> um, but I went back to work after having my first child and my business coach, I've always had business coaches in my life. I've always had coaches because I believe that, you know, as growing up as an athlete, having that person like help and mentor who has a vested interest in you but isn't your partner, isn't your you know best friend, isn't your family member, they're really looking at you through a different lens. Mm -hmm. So I had this business coach and she was like, hey, get on Seem Happy. <laughs> and I was like, I had more joy in my heart than I've ever had. I finally had this healthy, beautiful baby boy that was a journey in and of itself. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, no, you're really not happy with what you're doing every day. So she gave me a book to read by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. And that book changed my life. I can go back to this moment in time at six years old like this. I was hugging this doll called People Doll. Uh, she's the size of my little six-year-old body, right? And th they were beeping and there was a curtain and it was brushing in and coming into my side of the space. And it was loud. And I was like, oh, you know, and it felt like it was going on forever. And there's lots of commotion. And, you know, the child that I was in the hospital room with didn't come out. And at six, you know, that is a moment that I didn't really understand until in my 30s. And I tell you that story because 
that moment define my why for who I am. And my why is all about, you know, fostering and building relationships with everybody I love, like, and know so everybody is safe. And while safety might not be sexy, and yes, it's so sexy, uh, foresight is really sexy. Yeah. Right. And so I went through this journey around foresight and, you know, living life with delight. That's my other favorite word. I have four core values. Delightful is one of them. Foresight is another. And delightful doesn't mean gel pens, rainbows, and butterflies. <laughs> it means there is a journey. Like you go up the mountain. If you have you seen 14 Peaks on Netflix, Liz? Oh, it's a great docu-movie. It's amazing. It, and, you know, he goes up these 14 highest peaks in, in the world. Everybody should watch it. It's really inspirational. Mm. Um, and that's what I think about in delight. Like you go up the mountain, right? You fall backwards. You, 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 but you ultimately get to the top and you look back on that journey and go, wow, I did that. That's crazy. So that's delight. But with this idea of foresight, you know, as a human, I'm always like anticipating for my children, please don't jump off of that. You're going to get another yeah. concussion. Like, don't do that. So foresight is really deep in me. And so I had this journey and my business coach said, looked at all the jobs. And I had another lot in the software world and startup world and wore lots of hats. She was like, you need to be a loan officer. <laughs> and I said, what? And okay. <laughs> like 10 years ago, you're crazy. Sure, sure. But I listened. And I remember sitting down and talking to my husband, his name's Marty. And I was like, Marty, I'm going to be a loan officer. He was like, what are you talking about? Like he thought I was, I don't even know. Like, I remember the conversation. And I listen and I never look back. And that's because it is so in alignment with why I do what I do and who I am. Truly, that brings joy into my purpose every day. It's not that life isn't hard. Again, it's not rainbows and gel pens and butterflies, right? Sure, sure. It's a journey, but there's an alignment with who I am as a human being, right? Yeah. And and you've obviously been, you've had that, that, those awarenesses and then really have honed in on like what your values are. Not many people could even speak. Right. Of what their values are in life, let alone what their personal values are. So you've done a lot of work on yourself to just get clear. And so I, I would imagine that's completely have helped you become one of the top 1% of originators in the United States. That's a pretty remarkable um, achievement. So that doesn't happen just by strategy and skill. That's a lot of our, our mind, body, and soul. It has to be just because I, you know, been in business a long time too, and it, all of it ha- matters. So and I know you really are all about creating, you know, a remote business. And I have to say, from an, a, an investor perspective, uh, we want the same thing, right? So, so entrepreneurs, women, women that are listening, you know, they might have a, a handful of properties, or they're getting going, or they're scaling their business. Especially as you scale, we work with so many women who are scaling. You become more beholden to your business, right? You are harder on that business. And so, the question of like, how do I do this? with more ease and really yeah. living life on my own terms is what was what we stand for. Not like flipping 15 houses a year and literally killing yourself. So how have you been able to like, tell us a little bit about your journey uh, about, you know, really creating and sustaining a remote business. And then we'll get into like tools, tech and all the things that support us. But tell us a little about the journey of really creating a remote business and what were your first steps? Yeah, I mean, I will say that having a background in software, I, I ran teams remotely across the world, right? So I learned how to build and connect with people in a virtual space really early on in my career. That's great. I also understand how to leverage technology and systems to build efficiencies. 
But first and foremost, how do you build a remote business and culture and relationships, right? Like you guys talked about relationships in one of your recent episodes, like that's really powerful, right? Like how do you build relationships? And, you know, many people experienced during the pandemic that they were forced to build relationships like this, right? Like what we're doing now in a virtual space. But I've always done that. So you have to build a virtual culture and the virtual culture should be intentional, right? And so you have to have like I have a daily morning huddle, right? You have it, I call it hot rocks. What are our hot rocks? We gotta like let go of these hot rocks and they gotta get done today. And then it's also my place to like help, you know, help people readjust like which hot rocks I think you need to get out of your hand, right? Versus what you think you need to get out of your hands. And so I have that morning huddle, that's daily practice. We have a process improvement meeting every single week. I'm a big believer in processes and systems. I built my own processes and systems and leverage technology for that. But what's really interesting, Liz, and I, and I think this is true in any business, is, is that we like we power through, right? We're going to flip that house, right? Let's go get, let's get the house, let's flip the house. And yet we don't ever like really listen and look backwards and peel back the onion layers and go, wow, what worked well and what did not? And so I have a culture of process improvement, which also has built my, my virtual team and made us really team, right? And like made us all committed. So whenever you join my team, you get a process improvement book. And that process improvement book is just for those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? How did the subcontractor not tell me that blah, 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 right? And so, or how did that mortgage professional not say X, Y, Z, and I'm not to the finish line? Or what are the title? You know what I mean? There are those moments but most people just power through those moments, Liz, and they never actually go back and go, oh, that happened. And then what happens typically in business, in any business, again, I have lots of backgrounds in different, different types of business, is the moment happens again, but it doesn't happen the next day, right? It happens like six months later or a year later and you're like, oh, I'm here again. Oh my gosh, how did we get here? And so this idea of process improvement was like, how do we get in front of things? How do we have foresight, right? Foresight, sexy. How do we have foresight in this? And how do we, how can we like basically back this way, way, way up and build a process and a system around it so that it doesn't replicate itself in the future? Make a lot of sense. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's done in this virtual space, right? We see each other. I like a virtual hug my team. We, you know, we've had things that we do. We have systems that we all access. It's very much this culture of like, you have to embrace it, right? That's not to say that there's not a physical component of connection with my people. Like, you know, we we have retreats quarterly, like we do things and um, it's not that there's this completely like, oh, fragmented, I'll never like physically see you. No, 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 I'm a hugger. <laughs> if you met me in person, I'd hug you. Like, I, I believe in that connection. It's just that the virtual environment allows us to be way, 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 way more efficient in our industry and do more with less time right because typically people are commuting 45 minutes each way in their cars thinking about that and in my industry they're going to meetings and all this stuff and i'm like i can bang out 16 meetings a day versus if i compare myself to people even those that i coach in this space and everything yeah. i'm like you guys are spending all this time going to these physical breaking of the breads you know i have virtual breaking of the bread virtual yeah. coffee i deliver coffee to people's door they're like oh my god i know my starbucks that's so amazing or virtual lunch like let's have a virtual lunch let's talk now there's some exhaustion around it and i understand that but again i have a filter like right i'm a filter of those that i want to worship sure. 
that I want them to work for me, the people I want to engage with. And if that doesn't work, then that's okay because maybe I'm not the right fit for that conversation or that relationship in business or in life. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, so tell me a little bit about like the, the getting the hours back, right? So, what what specifically? So you got your you've created this culture, so that obviously is, is very important. And then you talked about your hot rocks, and then what you do with your team. But like in terms of like time back, what were some of those maybe initial specific things that you did to say, wow, I, I you know going to travel to see someone versus doing it when we're doing it? Obviously, is a time saver. But especially as you're growing your business. So so talk with me a little bit about some specifics of what you did to even analyze that. Because it is a, there's almost like an analysis process of just like taking a really big step back and going, what am I doing on a weekly basis, right? Or a monthly basis to get me to my... I mean, so what what was your process? What did that look like? So the women listening can also then apply that to their own uh, businesses. You know, in so I've, I've kind of coined, I've coined these terms. I have these things that I've built. But when I came back in the business, I was like, whoa, what's happening, right? Like, who's doing what? Like, what's going on? What do I need to be doing? And so I sat in an office and I shut my door and I was like, this, like, how do I become more efficient, right? With time, there has to be built-in efficiencies. And then having a t- technology background and software background, I'm like, what can I leverage from a technology perspective so that I can create more efficiencies so that I can free myself up from a time perspective and do it in a way that's really authentic and sincere. And so, you know, if I've, I've, I've kind of talked about this on, I've, I've, in my industry, I've talked on stages and done stuff in the mortgage space, but when I'm, when I'm talking about this, I think about being a CEO, right? And like all of your listeners are CEOs. That's what we are, right? Like we're all our own CEO. Correct. You're and the CEO of your life, right? A hundred percent. So when I think about being a CEO, um, I go to this, like, I go to this concept of being in a production. Okay. And let's pretend like we're building cars. Like my, my like dream car that I want someday. <laughs> it's on my bucket list is a 1966 black Mustang convertible. Okay. So I'm building that. And I look down and I look down my production plant and I see all of these conveyor belts. And the conveyor belts are, you know, building the interior, building the leather, you know, if, if there were, you know, systems inside, et cetera. And they all are independent, but they, yet they all connect in some capacity because ultimately we're building this car, right? And as the CEO, we're standing up and we're looking down on our business in this way. And so I thought, how do I create these systems in my business that will create this sort of conveyor belt of facts? where we are we're looking at this i will say with i have people right and i have a team and i built a team and this th- these conveyor belts have become my hiring mechanism it's become my hold people accountable mechanism and you know i don't have like hundreds of people working for me i have a handful um, but i also have contractors and people that i work with and i leverage out you know in different ways they all are part of the conveyor belt so i call the conveyor belts lead to legacy and lead to legacy is basically from that initial relationship or conversation with somebody to the legacy of that person coming back, right? And like, how do they, they see me as a valuable person in their life. And so on the conveyor belt, you think about that, you're building the widget, right? Like, and so there's all these little stops. So who does what, definitively from a task perspective, and where can technology come into play to help you, right? Think systems, think tools, you know, I have lots of technology that I use and as our world continues to evolve with Brennan digital to steal this from one of my really good friends, Richard Mulligan, who's amazing. 
I was like, we're in a, he told me, he's like, we're in a digital social revolution. Hmm. Yeah. Think about that. Totally makes sense. Yeah. We're not in an industrial revolution anymore. We're in a digital social revolution. So within that digital component, you've got like, you know, blockchain technology, artificial intelligence. Yeah. You know, people are scared of that. I love it. I represented the first AI company that was publicly facing in the United States. Have you heard of Blockbuster Video? Remember Blockbuster? Mm -hmm. Of course. Okay. I grew up in the 90s. I grew up I know. Okay. So, so did I. Oh, now. Be kind, leave rewind, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's right. There was a little kiosk when you were checking out, like this little computer. It was yeah, like, yeah. Here for a job. I don't know if you ever remember seeing those. It was like applying here in the 90s. No, I don't. I was so interested in getting my movie. So no, I don't think I read. <laughs> and, your, and your gummies, right? Or you're like, yeah, my VHS computer, and like, my gummies that I would get front yeah. of Friday night with my parents. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was, there was AI that was sitting there and that was uh, mm. basically a kiosk and, and that, that artificial intelligence, that software basically they could tell whether you, Liz, or I, Stacia, where we best be served in the outlet. Like, where should you be? You'd be on the floor. Maybe I'd be in the back of my house, whatever. But more impactfully, it had a determination on a propensity of wh whether we would steal or not. Mm -hmm. Would Liz steal or would I steal? Okay. This software was really intelligent. It learned from itself and it diminished theft by like 13% or retail outlets employed it. So that was first public facing AI. We just said 90s. We just aged ourselves a bit here, right? Totally. That was Absolutely. You know, and so AI version one is like pretty small, right? AI version two takes about maybe 10 more years to get there. Version three, version four. I mean, it's like, it's so fast right now. It's so fast in front of us that if you can leverage technology and tools like artificial intelligence to build some efficiencies around those conveyor belts. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Then you get time back, right? Yeah. And you get efficiencies back. So lead to like, if you, like there's a client flow. I like the realtors that I work with, right? The people that I recruit and I hire, you know, the the realtors, let's use that as a good example. So what what have you, because I, you know, it's really powerful, right? There's a conveyor belt and it's like, you know, how do I get, who does what and where can tech come in to help you and the people that you work with, right? That's a big question. So take the realtors you work with, because I think that's actually really a really nice vertical for the women listening, because they're working with agents that might yep. be helping them source properties, what have you. You're working with them from a referral source perspective, probably. Yep. So how did you do that? Like you said, who does does what? You pay you at this realtor kind of arm, if you will. Right. Where can tech come into play to help you maybe build that relationship with them? Yep. What what did you do? How did you kind of, you know, break that down? Well, when you're building relationships, it's like I have this thing called Avatar. So you remember the, the know the movie Avatar. Mm -hmm. So I have an avatar of the ideal person I want to work with. I have an ideal avatar for every component of my life. And so I have an ideal agent avatar. You know, you know, I do business across the United States. I love to help those realtors grow their business, like think about their business a little bit differently. Yeah. So I have an avatar and then I have I have a connection list. Like who do I want to connect with, right? In this world of being in a digital social revolution, it's 
really easy to go Google somebody and figure out who they are. Right. It's just. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And by the way, if you don't own your own brand online, then you're like shame on you. Right. And I have a journey with social media, too, and like all this stuff that I can identify and then I can like look and I track. Right. It's not like everything is intentional. And so I have these conversations. I want to engage. I want to get to know them. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to do on a digital in our digital world. You know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, TikTok, whatever it is Like you can connect with people. You know, I have tools and systems where I can connect with. I just went out and I connected with about real as a new kind of uh, brokerage, a realtor brokerage shop. You know, they're all virtual. So that like really aligns with me. So I just went out and I connected with like 1500 agents by just using technology with a simple message in like, it, it took me three minutes, right? And so now that I have them kind of on a system and I'm like, I'm just trying to build a relationship in a virtual way and then come back and like, ultimately i want to get to know them i want to do what we're doing i want to i want to get on zoom i want to see them i want to connect with them and i want to see if i can help them the other thing that i do on that kind of conveyor belt for real estate agents is how do i bring value 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 how do i bring my clients value right value 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 i just did a webinar on you know real estate recession and you know mortgage-backed securities inflation and that was yeah so like I'm taking this really technical stuff as I believe I'm a student of economics specific to real estate and debt and bringing it down into like palatable bite-sized pieces. That's value for my clients. That's part of my seeking bear bell. How do I bring value to my agent? Like, how do I help them leverage technology? I'm great at that. Like, what can I do to help you? You know, I created my own lead to legacy for agents. Like, I'm like, hey, you actually can go leverage these really cool things out there. You know, the best ideas lives like we're just constantly kind of redoing them, right? Like, yeah, and in this digital social revolution we're in, we got to be able to be like, I can go Google this stuff. I can actually go access this stuff and I can kind of retweak it and make it my own. And mm-hmm. so I kind of created this lead to legacy conveyor belt for agents and I just give it to them. Like, What's part of the lead to legacy again? Should you just quickly break that down? Yeah, I mean, so for an agent, I tried to put on my agent hat. Like, what would I be doing as an agent when connecting to a client? Like my lead to legacy would be like, you know, initial conversation. What does that look like? Many people aren't tracking that. Many people don't have systems and tools. They just use their phones, right? To like manage this. Well, that's not efficient. That's not effective. And so you have to constantly be looking at it and touching it. You know, how many times can I get somebody into a meeting? I mean, I leverage Calendly. Calendly is like one of my favorite tools Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. It's created so much efficiencies in my time, in my energy. I mean, you know, I have a house right now that we're in the middle of construction on that's like, you know, I've got lots of people that I'm managing and I'm like, they want to talk to me for 15 minutes. I'm like, here's my 15 minute strategy call Calendly, you know, and it just worked into my, it just worked into my calendar yesterday in between six years. So, you know, being able to give little tools and resources like that for agents, you know, a buyer presentation, a, a builder presentation, how do you go source on, how do you go source property off of the market right now? Like, what can you do? We have an inventory crisis. Everybody's <laughs> like, the real estate market's crashing. I'm like, no way. It's they yeah. And you know, so how do you help? And just giving them tools and resources. The other thing I will say about all the conveyor belts, right? Like, is like, they don't sit stagnant. You have to constantly touch them. That's part of the process improvement. That's that constant feedback. What's working, right? What's not working? If I were putting on my investor hat in real estate, which I am too, and I was like, how do I do this? Like, what do I need to do? You know, I would tell people Think about that. Like, how do I get a lead, which is maybe an opportunity, like a property? So the legacy of that, like, you know, that property either generating, my mom always called it mailbox money. Mm-hmm. My mom sure. would be like, mailbox money. 
<laughs> that's how they started. It's like mailbox yeah. money. And I'm like, oh, look at that. You know, it's a legacy of that mailbox money. And then like, what do I do with that next? Like, how do I get into the next property? And then who are the players along the way? So what, so what I, I what, yeah, I'm just trying to break that down. I really, I like that. So it's almost like taking not just who does what, but what needs to happen in my business, right? Totally. So it's a bigger question, right? So what needs to happen? Who needs to do what? And then where can tech processes and systems help, yes. you know, from A to Z? Like you're yes. saying, find a lead to to getting a check in the mail for for uh, as, as a result of like, a, you know, uh, cash flow, if you will. Yes. So that's great. You're going to say something else? Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying like the best CEOs are really good project managers. That's what they are, sure. right? And yeah. because as CEOs, we have to become project managers. And as a project manager, you've got to be able to project manage people. Yeah. You have to be able to hire the right people. You have to be able to coach the right people. You have to be able to hold those people accountable. What's the flow, right? From that initial conversation or connection to the legacy of doing this. And if I, you know, became thought about even buying my first house, right? Like I was like, what's my process flow here? From the time I'm like identified something that was a bad experience that I learned a lot going through that. Right. Yeah. So like sorry. Yeah, was that what was that initial like journey? And what do I need to do all the way down to the very end? And how do I get to that end result? And then how do I ultimately build wealth on that property and in that investment? And then how do I put it into my next property? And then how do I, you know, avoid tax consequences in the future? Yeah. How do I, you know, now that I'm an investor and all of my money's in in properties, how do I get a debt service ratio loan? Right. Like and how do I go get a debt service ratio loan? which doesn't look at my income. It just looks at the property and the cash flow on the property. How do I, you know, put money back into real estate to avoid, you know, the investment in it? So like that, you know, it's 25 cents on the dollar putting money back into real estate. How do I do these things? And I think all too often people don't own that, right? And I think there's like that ownership in the conveyor belt. There's an ownership in there. Yeah. And when you leverage technology to do it and you have this constant feedback loop of process improvement, you're like, man, I'm smoking. I'm doing really good over here. Because most people just kind of shoot from the hip. Really, yeah. really in life, Liz. And that that's that is the truth. Especially when you're in new areas. So what specific technology have you and you have you used? Well, I love AI. So I, I I'm a big fan of, you know, Chat GPT. I pay for the paid version. <laughs> you should too. It's it's easy, you know, it's like it can help us communicate, right? Where have you used it? Oh, I use it for everything. I mean, I can even, I'll even use it sometimes when I'm like grappling with a conversation with, you know, somebody in my team. I'm like, hmm, and say it like this, because I'm a direct communicator sometimes. And so how do I add a little bit more into that? I also use Hemingway. Hemingway's app is a free app. I'm working at my like, my computer screen over here. Hemingway is a great app where it basically can help us like take communication and really streamline it down into a way that's like simple. Hmm. Um, I use Airtable is my, I like, I should be, I should have ownership in Airtable. Airtable, if you're listening, I'd like some shares. Airtable <laughs> is probably, it is the number one system that I use every single day. So everybody uses Google Drive, Google Docs, about that. I cannot stand it. It's just clunky. It doesn't make sense. No offense, Google. I think you're great at lots of things. That's not one of them. Airtable essentially is Excel in the cloud, but on steroids. steroids. Yeah. We use it as well. We do. Yeah. Airtable is amazing and it has this great functionality. And so Airtable is our central repository. I call it our brain. I love it because the interface on the mobile devices is super friendly. It's super fast. It's super efficient. So when you talk about building time back in my life, 
you know, I can be at my kids' baseball games and, uh, you know, something, somebody calls me, a client calls me, past client called me this week, actually. I mean, she's like, hey, I always try to teach my clients to become investors. I believe in it. Yeah, uh, sure. Want them to have mailbox money. She's like, hey, I, I found this property. I really am interested in it. I want to, can I flip this into an investment property and can I go buy this? I don't remember every, I have lots of clients. I love my clients, but I was like, I was like, I remembered who the person was, obviously, but I'm like, hold on one second. I just go to Airtable. I go into my system. I know exactly. And I'm like, hey, are you still working here? Are you still doing this? Are you doing? And she's like, how do you remember all that? Yeah. It's because of efficiencies, right? So Airtable is one of them. I love Canva. Canva's got AI built right into it as well. I am a big fan of Salesforce. Salesforce is awesome. Airtable has lots of what I call bridges, which are APIs to other technologies. I love Twilio, which is an SMS platform. There are apps like Reach, which is a great like text app. Like if you have people hunting for properties for you, you can send the same message to all of those people as its personal message. Zoom obviously is one of my best friends, but there's AI in Zoom now that can can take all of it can actually record all of the content and it can put the content into writing. I love that because then I, you know, my marketing person can maybe repurpose something in that capacity. That's just like converting it to text, right? Or there's an actually right in Zoom. Yeah. I did that this week. I had a call and it it got most of it. It was a little funky, but I'm like, I'm I'm experimenting because there's different ways to get that transcript. Now that's those are those are a lot of a lot of apps. I think it could get, I think it can get overwhelming at times where people are like, okay, what which one should I start with? I think the big the big thing in in the mindfulness, I don't know about you, Seisha, as you've been on your journey, you seem like a a, a wizard, a whiz at this. But for me, I'm not I'm not as technology oriented. But what I what I do though is I say my I take a, I have a weekly kind of coming to Jesus meeting with myself, and you can call it a clarity break, you can call it a clarity time. But I, I think as as CEOs as entrepreneurs, if you don't have a regular time that you're just spending working on your business, not in it, you're always going to be reactive, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of the business. So the questions that you've posed are the questions you need to ask yourself. So that's the power of it. It's versus like what app? I mean, the apps and the tech are critical because they're going to be answers, but they're answers yeah. to the questions, right? Exactly. So, ultimately. So the questions you've asked is like, what what needs to happen? Who's doing what? Where can tech help? And, and even just take one of your time stock. So we're not saying, ladies, like, you know, because at first, if you're not a tech person, it's like, whoa, you can get a little like, well, you know, it's just not something you gravitate towards. You're like, hold on, hold on. People took one area and you're like, where can I get more hours back for this one area? Is it lead gen? Is it lead? Is it lead management? Is it, you know, sellers? Whatever that piece of the puzzle is, like you said, from Z A to Z, like you're linear. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. And then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll kind of transition here. But that's the key, right? Is to have that cl- mental clarity time. Yeah, it is really, really, really important. So, you know, I coach people in my industry and people get really, they're like, oh, you're the software tech person. Oh, you're the systems person. I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> Technology that I use is really simple. Yeah. So I always tell people, I'm like, listen, as, as a CEO, right? If you look at the conveyor belt and you're standing up there, it's like, well, that's really overwhelming. How do I get my 1966 black convertible Mustang? <laughs> you just put one car in the garage at a time. So I always say you take one car, one project you work out, and you park it in the garage. Maybe you have two, right? You have to get better. Maybe you have three. Yeah. But you're not allowed, you know, at your conference, people are going to get so much information that's coming up, right? Sure. So I have a thing called a parking lot. And I write down, I have a remarkable tab because it's a technology gadget that I love. I have parking lot. My parking lot is like 15 pages deep right now. 
It's 15 pages deep and it's a parking lot. It's great ideas that I think are really, really smart or I've heard this or I'm going to go look into that, but I'm not going to do it right now. Why? Because I have my cars in my garage that I'm working on. So my car in my garage is this thing component in my business and I parked it in here and I'm working on it and I pull it out and I and I do some work on it and I yeah. put it back in my garage. And then when it's complete, that project is complete. I get to zip around town and use it in my business all day long. Yeah, that's great. Right? That's great. And so, and then I can go look at my parking lot and I can be like, what's my next thing that comes out of my parking lot that is in alignment with my business objective this year? Right. You know, I have a word, I have a word um, of the year, right? My, my word of the year is vision. Everything is vision. I'm very clear on my vision of where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm doing. And if it doesn't align with my, th- that, then it's a filter out. So you, I go to my parking lot, I'm like, oh, this makes a sense. We'll like my vision, new car in my garage. And I think that we also oftentimes get overwhelmed. The one tech platform that I would employ tomorrow is Airtable. I would yeah. never abandon that. Yeah. Airtable, if you can, if you can type, and you can hit tab, then you're good. <laughs> Use our table. It's real simple. I love it. I love it. I, I think that's a great analogy, right? And so what is that one car? And, and if you're listening, you know, the last thing we want to do with, with our community and our platform and our, our growing community is just learn information, nice to know, nice chat, and then you do nothing with it. We want you to listen to these podcasts, attend our meetups, join our our, our membership, you know, attend our conference, InvestorCon. And do something with what you're learning. It's like all in vain if then nothing happens. So what is that one car in your garage that you can ask those questions? What needs to happen? Who needs to do what? And where can technology come in to help you? And what that? What are the choices of that tech? And what one, one tech am I going to use so I can get hours back in this one area that's going to have the most leverage to where I want to go? What's going to get me the deepest you know, uh, bang for my buck, ROI? Because that's what you have to associate with. So Stacia, I love this. We could probably talk if I do a whole workshop on this. So we have to do, look into some options there. But where can the ladies listening learn more about you and your journey? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel, Simple Mortgage for me. I'm also Stacia underscore Weisfar on all social channels. That's the best way to connect with me. Or I just love being connected to really amazing, smart women in this industry and in this space looking to grow and learn. Love it. You're so I could. I love it. I love it. We got so we got our three fabulous questions. Usually, Andressa does these, so I I'm on on tap to to make it happen here. So, first question: What is the most transformational book that you have ever read? Well, that's start with Why by Simon Sinek. That's number one book. I highly recommend it. It's it's amazing. He's amazing. Love it. What is the most powerful routine you do to live a financially free and balanced life? It is the process improvement. It's a process improvement. Everything I do every single day. It's for myself. My yoga mat is over on my floor right <laughs> next to me because if I had 15 minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get down and do some stretching to take care of myself. It's a constant feedback loop, process improvement, process improvement, and not just in business with my family too, right? So yeah. how do we get better and how do we evolve as people? Love it. Uh, and which fit women, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Well, that has to be my personal, one of my personal coaches, Cindy Ertman. She's um, amazing. And I, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without her. I love and adore her. And and she's always, she's always been an inspiration and will continue to be a big part of my life forever. So I love that. Have you told her that lately? Cause it's always, oh, so I, ha- you I, know, tell her all the time. I center this episode. Hey, had a nice little shout out. Uh, Stacia, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing all your nuggets and not just tactical systems and processes, but actually how you think. 
because so much of life and so much of growth is how people think and then employing how they think in your own life. It's not just plugging and playing a, uh, an app. Uh, it's much more than that. So thank you for sharing your, your wisdom with us and appreciate your time so much. Thank you, Liz. It's been an honor. And, and everyone listening, my request, my invitation is to do something with what you learn. What is that one car that you could start using what you just learned to create more time for yourself? We would love to hear from you in our Facebook community. Just go over to Facebook. It's our investor community. We have 14,000 women and it's growing. But post it in there. Tag us. We'd love to hear that you are using what you're learning and we'd love to engage you further. So with that, everyone have a great day and please do something with what you're learning. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.